0: Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet
1: in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Happy Monday. Yay, it's Monday. And (laughs) it's February. Oh my gosh, January is finally over.
0: Everybody, (laughs) congratulations. My neighbor listens and she walked by the other day and was like, I was just listening to your episode and you were talking about how there's like 900
1: days in January and I felt that so hard. Yes. (laughs) ridiculously how uh, how long it feels anyway
0: yeah so i am on the sourdough train i know i'm so excited (laughs) finally joined you and my friend brought me a starter Mm -hmm. on request i requested it she's been making it and i'm like if you ever have extra let me just give it a a whirl we'll see how it goes and then you brought bought me some of the bowls like the prepping bowls which I'm super Mm -hmm. excited about and so that is what I have been living and breathing (laughs) all week long is sourdough who I have now named Bertha
1: (laughs) I know you said you gave it a name and I was like oh my gosh how perfect
0: Bertha bread (laughs) and I set an alarm on my phone because I have you know it's in the fridge now so I'm going to feed it Mm -hmm. once a week and I literally have an alert on my phone once a week to go off that says feed bertha
1: (laughs) that might be the best thing ever feed bertha (laughs) yep
0: (laughs) we have a relationship okay and i felt as though i wanted to give it a name and bertha bread just rung true for me
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is amazing I
0: am an absolute idiot. I I, am aware.
1: No, no, you're not. Because I mean, I probably should have some sort of alarm too, because I definitely like would forget to feed it. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm years in now. So I do know how to get it back. if I do forget to feed it. It's not that hard. But um, I never, literally never in my life would have imagined that you would have joined this train, honestly. Yeah.
0: I'm I mean, I'm like one foot on the train right now though. I'm still kind of hanging by one arm as the you know, but I'm into it.
1: Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to figure out. I mean, it's it's a process and it's just and it takes some time, but it's like once you get get it down, you're kinda like, well, I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So I'm so excited. I can't wait for your
0: first (laughs) bread. Me either. My dang (laughs) thing that I made.
1: I'm upset right now, but
0: <laughs> I'm upset with Bertha right now.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't floating the way she was supposed no. to. No. <laughs> no, she did not float. So, <laughs> Anyway, so that's what I've been doing. What are you doing? <laughs> Besides taking kids to urgent care to get sports injuries checked out, I nothing. Yeah. It's a full-time gig, huh? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it is. It's not really, honestly. It's been a, a little bit, but it's like every time. I don't know. We just had this whole conversation. But I'm like, dude, you play sports, you're going to hurt. It's not broken. Nothing's broken.
0: (laughs) There's so much, like, liability and all this kind of stuff now that, like, it's hard hard to be a normal, like, bump around kid (laughs) like we
1: were. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just feel like I don't – I never complained about anything unless literally I broke it. And I was like – ow this really really hurts (laughs) right (laughs) and it's not something you can fix by yourself (laughs) yeah exactly like i gotta get a splint or whatever i broke both my middle fingers i definitely took advantage of that broke both (laughs) your (laughs) middle fingers not at the same time (laughs) at two different times but i definitely like would like definitely like put my hand up like i was giving everyone the finger even though i wasn't is that how you broke that (laughs) i'm kidding overuse. I broke in playing basketball, like going to catch it. And yeah. it was just so much longer that it hit it the right way. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah. I don't know. I'm just so like, I, I told you, I'm not a run to the doctor kind of person. I'm like a wait and see and whatever. And even with myself half the time, I mean, I go for like normal checkups, but like, if I'm like, oh, that hurts today, but it probably won't tomorrow. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens by the yeah. end of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so it's just funny when like, Again, like you said, it's because of liability when the coaches are like, we need to get him checked out before we Mm -hmm. let him... You know, it's like, I get that part of it, but I'm like, why did he even complain? Right. (laughs) Shush up. (laughs) Anyway, that's it.
0: Okay, well, I think we're all caught up then, and we... Do we have a new Patreon? Uh, I think we do. Do we? I think so. I think we need to give a big thank you to dana s yes Hello, oh. welcome in dana hey dana how's Our it going patreon over there which is really fun um but yeah other than that there's no orders to business
1: all right well then i guess we can just get to it if we want to okay i've got something
0: for you so let's hear
1: it yeah.
0: Okay, this case is a listener's suggestion from our friend Destiny. Oh, hey, Destiny! Destiny, yes, thank you very much. She sent in several cases. This one is has to be the wackiest one that, ever. Uh, she's also a Swifty. <laughs> I looked at her profile, <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> well, well. The reason I looked at her profile is because her name is not clear in her Instagram handle. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to know what her actual name was. And that's why I looked. And then I was like, "Hello, Taylor references. I see you. (laughs) So it's a pretty well-known case, actually, that I learned through my research. However, it's not one I have ever heard of, which is really surprising to me. I will be surprised if you don't know this case. Okay. Because basically every show ever has covered it. Dateline, 2020, Snapped investigation discovery it's everywhere so we'll see we'll
1: see if wow, you know okay. it. Okay.
0: Uh we're gonna be hanging out in California, Sacramento, over on the West Coast. Have you ever been to Sacramento?
1: Yes, I fly into Sacramento usually when I go wine country
0: <laughs> Okay, yes. I know it's in I know it's in wine country and we're we're gonna talk a little vineyard y okay.
1: talk today.
0: Uh it's a very strange case, very twisted maybe one of the most twisted cases that we've ever done as far as like it could be this could be a movie like if i i was telling my husband about it and he was like this case could be a movie this is insane so this is the murder of larry mcnabney okay okay lawrence william mcnabney or larry was born on december 19th 1948 to parents james and alice Larry was the youngest of three boys, and he was raised in Reno, Nevada. Larry was very outgoing and charming and was always the life of the party. He was extremely driven and smart and earned his law degree in 1974 and then moved back to his hometown in Reno. He worked for a few years as a public defender and then went into practice with a colleague and friend of his and began doing personal injury law. So this is when you get injured in a car wreck or on the job and you need legal assistance. He would be the person that you would call. There's a lot of money in that. And Larry made a lot of money. He became very successful and very wealthy. I watched multiple commercials that Larry made advertising his law practice from the 90s.
1: Oh, and he those he have been off- good
0: they were just let me tell you i will link he was very charming very charismatic so he had a tagline that he said at the end of each commercial which we can appreciate a tagline
1: because the world's also scary people heard. suck is that what he said hide in your closet
0: <laughs> so he would say like have you ever been injured in a car accident blah blah, blah blah and like would go through his whole spiel and then he would say at the very end i'm larry mcnabney call me every single time it was clever did the trick and then he would put flash his phone number so simple and yet so great so simple Mm -hmm. that's right Mm -hmm. so larry loved horses and he always wore a cowboy boot cowboy boots and a cowboy hat like he was he was a cowboy and so he had a dark mustache and was kind of like ruggedly handsome and people in reno called him the marlboro man because he oh. looked like the Marlboro Man, he you know, really did. Actually,
1: really funny is that's what I had in my head. This like marble,
0: hundred percent. He also like his friends nicknamed him Showtime Larry. Oh, okay. So I feel like this gives you a kind of a picture of like what type of person that he mm-hmm. was. He liked to party a lot. He was just fun. He was outgoing. He was handsome. He lived life all mm-hmm. the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So because of these uh characteristics he developed a pretty bad addiction to alcohol he was a bad drinker and Mm -hmm. i read in some sources that he also would like use drugs but i don't think that he did like was addicted to any drugs i think it was just like he would drink addictively and then would also like recreationally use drugs on top of that Mm. Uh, he was in and out of rehab quite a few times and was never really able to like maintain a sober lifestyle. So he was known to go on benders every now and then and he would just disappear for weeks at a time and then would come back like nothing had happened. Um, His friends would even say that, yeah, his friends would even say that sometimes when he came back, he would seem better than ever. So like he literally would come back and be like, I have all these goals and plans and ideas that happened, and sorry that you haven't heard from me in two weeks. Mm -hmm. One friend said that Larry lived full throttle all the time and that he would say, you can't put a price on a good time. So he did have periods of time where he would remain sober, but he always fell back into his old habits. At one point in the late 80s, he actually left his practice in Reno and moved to Washington State and lived totally off the grid for a couple of years. So, like, he didn't work. He didn't, like, go places. He just lived, like, in the woods, in Washington State, completely simple lifestyle. But eventually, he was like, I have to go back and make money. So, he returned to Reno and opened a new practice and ended up drinking heavily again. Wow. Oh. I also read that Larry's father and one of his brothers completed suicide as a result of substance abuse. So, deep-rooted alcoholism. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Despite the partying, Larry continued to gain, like, respect and wealth and fame. He was just really good at his job. He did not quite have the same success story when it came to his personal life, however. So... We've got the alcoholism. And he also married and divorced quite a few times. He actually got married five times total. Wow. He had three children total as a result of these marriages. He loved his children deeply. His children loved him. They were a very big part of his life. From all accounts, he seemed like a very loving dad, good provider. Like He did that right. In 1995, Larry decided to expand his Reno law practice and open up a satellite office in Las Vegas. Hmm. So he's going to Sin City. He placed an ad for a paralegal, like, office manager-type job, and one day, in walked in a gorgeous 28-year-old woman named Elisa Redelsperger.
1: Whoa, that's a name. <laughs> it's quite the name.
0: So Elisa wowed Larry immediately, and he hired her on the spot. He was very impressed by her. She was very smart, very organized. Elisa began doing everything for Larry. She had a young daughter, but she somehow was able to make herself available to Larry 24-7, basically, Mm -hmm. to make sure she catered to every need. She helped him with his business. Like, she was his golden, golden girl. Larry, who was 49, loved all of this attention from this attractive and smart 20-something-year-old woman. As we know, things turn romantic quick in situations like that. And that's what happened in this situation. So Elisa and Larry began having a sexual relationship. Mm. After two months of knowing Elisa, Larry left his girlfriend of eight years, closed down his practice in Reno – And moved to Las Vegas full-time to work in that office with Elisa. Okay. So Larry's friends and family were like kind of concerned by this dramatic change in his lifestyle. And they were kind of side-eyeing this new lady. But it's Larry. Mm -hmm. Larry is going to do this. This is a pattern. He's impulsive. He's, you know, wild. So... It was just kind of the person that he is. But they were very concerned because they knew that Larry and Vegas were, like, not a good match. So, and he'd taken off before. You know what I mean? Like, this was just how he was. But they were, like, not happy about it. Right. Okay. Larry and Elisa were living, like, the high roller life in Vegas. They partied, shopped. They had matching luxury cars. Uh, Larry's practice there was also doing really well. And Elisa handled everything. the practice so like he did the court stuff she did literally everything else larry was totally smitten by elisa but in october of 1995 just a few months after they like he moved to vegas larry got a call from a client and just happened to answer the phone the client said that they never received their settlement check larry knew that the settlement check had come in And so it should have been sent to the client. So he kind of began looking into it. And when he checked the accounts, he realized that Elisa had been stealing money from the practice and from Larry's clients.
1: Oh, no. uh,
0: Larry confronted Elisa about this. She said that the practice wasn't doing as well as he thought that it was and that she had been trying to move money around to save the practice as well as keep up with their lifestyle so that he would be happy. Hmm. Larry bought it. He believed her. The client reported Larry to the Nevada State Bar, and he was investigated, and it was determined that Elisa had stolen about $140,000 from Larry's clients in just a few months. Whoa. So Larry took the fall for this and actually lost his law license in the state of Nevada. And he had to pay back the money that was stolen to the clients.
1: Why would he take the fall for it? He just did.
0: So now he can't practice in Nevada anymore. So Larry closed down his Las Vegas office and moved himself and Elisa and her daughter to Sacramento, California and opened up a new practice there. Okay. Which he's reinvented himself several times. This is something he knows how to do. But before he did that, he decided to whisk Elisa away to a wedding chapel and marry her. Oh, okay. I think he, this is, he's under a spell.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, awesome I mean, it. it definitely seems like it because I don't know that I would be willing to risk my license to cover, like, yeah, it would be like, fire this woman.
0: And take her to jail. Well, okay. She scammed me.
1: Yes, okay. I understand that part. But if you're, like, so smitten with her that you don't want her to, like, you know, suffer or whatever, that's fine. But you can still provide for her, like, fire her so she's not in your practice anymore doing this stuff and not take the fall for her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And provide for her. Like, marry her and then, you know. But you have to be able to work to provide so anyway
0: well i think him taking the fall and leaving nevada avoided her being prosecuted
1: right yeah it's
0: kind of the way i understood it so Mm -hmm. yeah so okay elisa became larry's fifth wife in early 1996 so here they are in california elisa larry and daughter larry's practice again began doing very well quickly and even though Elisa had stolen money from his last practice, he believed that she meant well and was, like, legitimately trying to save the practice. So he let her manage everything in the new office.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. He is on a spell in a spell. I think so, too.
0: Larry's friends and family, as you can imagine, were not fans of Elisa at this point. Mm-hmm. They also said that she kind of cut Larry off from them. So she would occupy all of his time and discourage him from visiting his family, getting together for holidays, you know, things like that. He saw friends less and less, and it just seemed like Larry and Elisa were living in, like, their own little bubble mm-hmm. of her making. Larry's kids would even call the office and ask to speak to Larry, and Elisa would always answer the phone, and she would say he wasn't there, or he was busy, and they would never hear back from him. Hmm. So they were kind of cut off. Like it was really limited, their communication with Larry. And things went on like this for years. Larry also began investing in a passion of his, a very expensive passion. He began purchasing and showing horses.
1: Well, yeah, that's a expensive. Cowboy.
0: Yeah, it it is in horses are insanely expensive. I had no idea, and we have a friend who was just getting into doing that kind of stuff, and I was my jaw was on the floor the whole time. So, but he's the Marlboro man. Remember, Mm -hmm. he's a cowboy. He likes horses. So this was also something that Elisa liked, um, and that she something that she was interested in. So they did it together. They bought these horses, they bought a new truck, they bought a horse trailer, and started showing quarter horses. That was the type of horses that they did. And they would go together to these shows. He actually won several prizes for his horses and just really enjoyed it. And so he kind of started doing that more than like Mm -hmm. practicing law and things like that. So they got really busy. And Elisa eventually hired a second person to come into the practice and help her manage things. So this was a 21-year-old college student. Her name was Sarah Dutra. So instead of this new person allowing Elisa to spend more time with Larry, it actually did the opposite. Because Elisa and this new hire, Sarah, became very close. Uh, How close? so Elisa began hanging out with her after work. They would party together. They would go shopping. They would travel, eat expensive dinners. Elisa was spending enormous amounts of money on Sarah, who, by the way, was 15 years younger than her. Sarah's oh. 21. Elisa's mid-30s. Okay. That's a vibe.
1: hmm <laughs>
0: So all of this also was on Larry's dime because he was the moneymaker. It was all coming from his practice. Sarah was from a very conservative family and she'd been pretty sheltered up to this point. So she thought that all of this was amazing. She was like, oh my gosh, I love these cars. I love these clothes, this super nice club. You know, she was starstruck a little bit. Obviously, Larry did not like this. It was weird to him that his wife would become best friends with such a young person. He was concerned with the way that she was, like, pouring through money. They had been married for seven years at this point, and her behavior to him was just really odd. Mm -hmm. You know, just all of a sudden, he meets this young girl. She meets a young girl, and she's a different person. Elisa and Sarah would dress alike they would have sleepovers together, which is normal of a 20-year-old, but not a 35-year-old. Like, Right. I mean, I know we have sleepovers, you and no. I, but like when we travel, when you lived across the street, I wasn't like, do you want to come stay at my house and wear matching pajamas? But when exactly. I was 20, I did
1: that. Okay, exactly what I was thinking. Like, okay, so we have like fun and silly moments, like when we're out of town together and, you know, staying in the same place. But yes, like, also, like, you want to sleep over tonight? Emory's out of town. I need a friend. Yeah. I'd be like, it's no, so come have a drink weird. and then go home. I,
0: I... <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and also, I would be like, no, I don't want to stay the night at your house. I want to sleep in my bed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, I'm glad. I was like, what? But, okay. So Larry had confided in some people that he had always – he had to, like, hide his wallet from Elisa and Sarah, and he was starting to suspect that she may be stealing again from Mm. the practice. He confronted Elisa about this and said that he was going to fire Sarah and start looking more into the books. Uh, So, obviously, Elisa was pretty upset by that, and she told him – Okay, I will hire someone else in the office to help me run it. A third person, like you don't like Sarah, you don't trust me right now. So she agreed that she would hire somebody that, you know, would run the office like a paralegal type situation. So she hired a young lady by the name of Ginger. And Ginger was scheduled to start in mid-September of 2001. (laughs) On September 9th, 2001, Larry and Elisa traveled from Sacramento to LA for a horse show that was going on the following day. So the night before the horse show, they were having dinner in their hotel and Sarah showed up. Apparently, Elisa had invited her to come with them and hang out while they were at the show. Mm. So Larry had no idea that she had done this he was extremely annoyed and he confronted Elisa about this but sarah did end up staying because i mean she was already there so like sacramento to la is like pretty like 300 and some mile drive yeah that's
1: far Mm -hmm. what are
0: they gonna do she's already there yeah on september 10th 2001 larry elisa and sarah attended the horse show Larry wasn't feeling well that day and was like kind of noticeably off his game a little bit and even almost passed out at one point. So after the show, he decided that he was going to go back to the hotel to rest. The following day was September 11th, 2001.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So we all know what happened Mm -hmm. that day. That's 9-11 in the U.S. I don't – if you're not from here and you don't know – we were attacked by terrorists and...
1: Yeah, I feel like the people probably know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they do, but we do have some people who aren't from this country that listen. So that's Mm -hmm. what happened. That was 9-11. Very historic moment. Very tragic, traumatic, all the things. Country shut down. Early that morning, Elisa checked out of the hotel that they were staying in. When checking out, Sarah was actually pushing Larry in a wheelchair out the hotel doors, and he looked very sick. So remember, he wasn't feeling well the night before, but now they're checking out of the hotel early in the morning of September 11th, and he's in a wheelchair. They wheeled him to the car. He laid down in the back seat,
1: and they drove him back to Sacramento. Not to make light of this at all, I'm not, but I get weakened at Bernie vibes from this. Hmm. Weekend at Bernie's.
0: Well, <laughs> well, no, he was alive. He, okay. he was like he wasn't a yeah, no, he he was he was sick, but he wasn't like unconscious, I okay. guess. Okay. 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 And also at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's weird that they're like wheeling this man out in a wheelchair and he looks sick, but also we were being attacked by terrorists at the time. So like mm-hmm. focus was elsewhere. A few days later, the new girl, Ginger, started her job in the practice. Elisa and Sarah trained her to answer the phones and, like, receive and write checks. They were doing all the things to try to get, like, the practice back to normal after this huge tragedy that our country was going through. So the boss, Larry, never showed up to meet her. Hmm. Ginger would be told things like, oh, you just missed him or he's in court all day. So he's not coming to the office or he's working from home, which in 2001 was not a normal thing, by the way. Mm -mm. Or like he's golfing or he's on a trip. So that was strange. And what was even more strange is that Elisa told Ginger to tell anyone who called for Larry, like all these different stories about where he was. So if his kids called, if a client called, if a judge called, they would say, oh, he's out of the office, he's skiing, he's at a retreat in Washington, he's at a law conference, you know. And so Ginger started getting really suspicious. And then she started noticing that Elisa would sign Larry's names to documents and checks and ask her to cash them. And Elisa would just say, oh, I have, you know, I'm his office manager, I'm allowed. Ginger started asking questions, and finally, Elisa told her a story about where Larry really was. So she said that Larry was a terribly abusive alcoholic, and that he was actually in rehab for who knows how long, and that they were all trying to keep it quiet and, like, cover for him so that, like, his reputation wouldn't be damaged and they could keep the business afloat.
1: Interesting. Mm -hmm. So Elisa asked
0: asked for Ginger's help. Like, this is a very difficult time. We don't want to be out of a job. Can you help us Mm. cover for Larry? So Ginger was very skeptical, but she did what she was told, thinking initially that this sounded like personal problems, none of her business, I'm just here to do my job. Weeks went by with no word from Larry. No one had officially seen Larry since that horse show in L.A. on September 10th. Friends and family, especially Larry's kids, were trying to contact him but could never reach him. Elisa told them that he was in rehab or that he had left her and run off and she didn't know where he was. So that is questionable. But... Remember, Larry was known to do this every now and then. He would go on a bender and would disappear for weeks and show up like nothing had happened.
1: Okay, I agree with you, but he, she's telling multiple different stories. Hmm. I mean,
0: but to different people. So, like, she's well, telling am- a judge one thing. She's telling his kids one thing. I understand However, that, but like- Ginger in the office is hearing all the different stories.
1: Right. And so it just doesn't make any sense. Like you get caught when you do that and you don't just stick to one story. That's when you get caught. (laughs) You've told so many different things.
0: Okay. Maybe we get caught. We'll have to see. So people are concerned, but they kind of all agreed that they would wait and see if Larry showed back up because this is a pattern. This is something he does. You know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll wait it out. Meanwhile, Elisa was running all over town Spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on herself and her friend, in quotes, Sarah. Mm -hmm. She bought herself a new sports car and Sarah moved into her and Larry's house. Oh! Hmm. Thanksgiving came and went. Larry's 53rd birthday in December passed with no word from him. And when he didn't show back up or call over the holidays... Alarm bells were like in full sound at this point. Even Elisa said that she was starting to get concerned that Larry didn't reach out to his children. So even now, Wifey is saying, okay, this is weird. Mm. Then the office received a notification from the California State Bar that Larry's law license had expired and needed to be renewed in person. And Elisa flipped out. And started screaming and crying in the office and she was yelling at Sarah and Ginger saying things like, having no Larry means we don't have a law license, which means we don't have a job. So then Elisa, with Sarah's help, began selling off some of Larry's possessions. She sold his truck, the horse trailer, Like she's – and Ginger is like seeing all of this. Like obviously we're in financial trouble. Something is going on. Ginger, say something. (laughs) Ginger is going to show up. Hold on. Okay. In January of 2002 – so he went missing in September. Mm -hmm. This is January. Ginger, the suspecting paralegal, finally is like, I'm going to the police Mm -hmm. because this is weird. This is suspicious. So she goes to police. She told them that her boss, Larry McNabney, was missing, and she thought that his wife and her friend had something to do with it, or at least they knew something. Something is suspicious. You guys Mm -hmm. need to look into this. She made mention of all the spending, missing money from the law practice, all the stories that Elisa had been telling everyone about Larry, where he was, the signing of the documents illegally, selling off his stuff. The police said that they would look into Larry's disappearance. So Elisa at this point knows like the heat is on. I can't keep Mm -hmm. up with this anymore. We are going to lose our revenue Everyone knows Larry's gone. He's not coming back. So she packed up the law office and her belongings and told Ginger that she was moving to Arizona. Okay. So Ginger told police. She tipped off police and was like, Elisa's fleeing her and Sarah are literally leaving the state of California. You need to do something about this. So police went out to stop her and bring her in. But somehow she like heard them coming and she raced off in her little sports car before they got there. But she left all of her stuff. Hmm. So like, I don't know. She saw them coming down some dirt road or whatever. Right. Oh, oh, she like, heard them coming. Whatever.
1: She heard the footsteps coming
0: down the hole There's something. I don't know. So the only thing that she took with her was her teenage daughter. Remember, Elisa has a daughter during Oh well at
1: least she remembered her.
0: Right. <laughs> so police issued a be on the lookout for Elisa, her daughter, and the car that she was known to fled in. They highly suspected at this point that something bad had happened to Larry. Otherwise, why where's she going? Right. Like, why would she be running? police found that Elisa had liquidated Larry's Larry's practice and all of their belongings to the tune of almost $1 million.
1: Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Police now call Sarah, the bestie in for questioning because she left her behind too. Elisa. Okay. So she left her belongings. She let, she fled. She left Sarah. Sarah claimed that Elisa had told her that there would be a plane ticket to Arizona waiting for her at the airport, but when she went to the airport, there was no plane ticket,
1: Ooh. and she never
0: heard from Elisa again. This is what Sarah says. Mm-hmm. She said that she believed Larry had been in rehab this whole time or that he had just gone on a bender and left them, like, kind of high and dry in this practice because that's what Elisa told her. I remember she's 21. I know, but I'm still
1: calling BS on that. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So
0: this is where it's going to get bonkers, if we haven't already been there. Yeah. Police start to dig into who Elisa was. They could find absolutely nothing. (gasps) Oh. No record of her ever existing. No birth certificate, social security number, past addresses, zip. They began searching through Elisa's belongings and just so happened to come across a big box of paperwork all about a woman named Lauren Sims or Loren Sims, something like that. Mm -hmm. Birth certificate, social security card, and a criminal rap sheet that was 113 pages long. What? (laughs) They looked up a booking photo of one Miss Lorenz Sims. And wouldn't you know, they were staring directly at a photo of Elisa. So police learned that that was her real name, Lauren Sims. She had grown up in Brooksville, Florida. She had an IQ of 140, but had dropped out of high school. She got married at 18, had a daughter, got divorced, got married again, had a son, all very quickly. Lorraine also liked to steal. She was a thief. Mm-hmm. She would steal credit cards, money, belongings, people's identities. She did a stint in prison for theft. And after she was released, she stole her cellmate's identity.
1: <laughs> she <laughs> cut
0: off her ankle monitor and fled with her daughter, who was eight at the time to Las Vegas where she ended up in Larry McNabney's law office.
1: Where's her son?
0: She left him. <gasps> she left him in Florida. So this Lauren Lauren had been on the run for over 9 years. Jeez. Nine years. Over those 9 years, she had lived in multiple states and had used a total of thirty eight different aliases
1: How do, you do this? I feel Why? like I want to do this one day just to see if I can do it. Like I want to be like, I am now Ruth something.
0: well, you have to steal people's identities like you can't just do that, so she stole from men that she was involved with, friends, neighbors. She and her daughter would move to a new place and she would steal an identity. She would get a job, like a legitimate job. They would make a life for themselves briefly. And then they would steal and move on to the next place. Like her poor kid.
1: My gosh. Wow.
0: So now she's on the run again. She just left California with mm-hmm. her daughter and they don't know who she is anymore. Like she's probably changed her name. She's done it. 38 times. Yeah, she's now Ruth somebody. (laughs) (laughs) She's Christy Schofield. So police issued a nationwide manhunt for this Lorraine Sims. On February 5th of 2002, which is about three weeks after Lorraine and her daughter fled California, and five months after Larry had disappeared, police got a call from a man who worked in a vineyard near Sacramento. The man had seen buzzard activity in a certain area of the vineyard, and when he went to go check it out, he saw a leg sticking out of the ground. Larry! Police were able to identify this body as belonging to 54-year-old Larry McNabney. Oh, man! So now they knew that Larry was not missing. He had been murdered, but he had a missing wife. Larry had no visible injuries on his body. After a battery of testing, the medical examiner was able to determine that Larry's cause of death was poisoning by horse tranquilizer. Stop it! I'm not making this up. This happened in real life.
1: Also, all of this. Well, I guess now... It's nothing to be worried about, but I was wondering where what vineyard, because I don't want to buy wine from them.
0: Oh, my gosh. I actually kept thinking 2002 is not a good year to buy Mm-mm. Sacramento wine. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I do have the name of the vineyard, I think, okay. somewhere. I'll find it. So, oddly, Larry, so they were able to determine that he had been dead for several months So likely around the time that he had gone missing. However, his body was very well preserved. So they were able to determine that he had been kept cold. Oh. And had only been buried in the vineyard for a few weeks at most. Hmm. So police issued an arrest warrant for Loren Sims. And a $10,000 reward for any information on where she was. So they believe that she was involved in Larry's Mm -hmm. death. And they also began this very hefty task of trying to track down all the places that she had lived and all the aliases that she had used to like see if maybe she was going back using the same name or going back to a place that she had lived before, all that stuff. Big task.
1: 38. Has she ever used a
0: name twice though? No. I don't think so. I don't have all 38, but I have quite a few, and I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Similar, like, okay, so like when she, right before she was Elisa, she -hmm. was like Elizabeth. Okay. So similar names. In March of 2002, police got a break. So she's been on the run for two months now. They got a call from Loren's daughter. She was staying with a friend in Destin, Florida. Mm. She told police that she had left California with her mom and that over the past two months, they had stayed for like a week or two in multiple like touristy cities, paying cash for everything, big influx of people who only come, stay for a short period of time and then leave, raising no red flags. She said that she had no idea what her mom was running from, but she knew it had to be pretty bad. Oh, wow. she told police that she and her mom had been staying in a condo in Destin for like a couple of weeks at that point, and that when her mom found out that Larry's body had been found an arrest warrant, and an arrest warrant had been issued, her mom then stole a truck from a guy she was seeing and fled with her daughter. Like, get in the car. We're leaving now. They've done it multiple times. But this time, her daughter begged her mom to stop. She was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to run with you. I want a life. Like, you have to stop doing this to me. So they made it as far as Charleston, South Carolina, and her mom finally agreed to stop. Lauren told her mom or told her daughter that she and Sarah had killed Larry. She was like, I got to tell you the truth. We killed Larry. This is what I've been running from. If you want me to take you back, I need to tell you the whole truth. I'm going to be arrested anyway. If I stop running, I'm going to be arrested. So she took her daughter back to Destin, dropped her off at her friend's home, and then left.
1: Oh, so So she doesn't know where
0: her mom is. Well, she didn't at that point. She got dropped off at the friends and she was worried about her and also was like, holy crap, my mom's a murderer. She wanted to do the right thing. So she called the police. She was like 16 or 17. Yeah. Like very, very young. So the police had the description and the information of the truck that her mom had stolen because her daughter had given them that. And so they put out a be on the lookout for that. And pretty shortly after that, they located the truck parked in a parking lot that was like a public beach Mm -hmm. access Mm -hmm. parking lot. So they go out to search the beach. And as they're searching the beach, up walks Lauren Sims with her hands
1: up. And she's like, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. It's me. (laughs) Okay. actually what
0: she said was i'm the one that you're looking for mm-hmm. like she mm-hmm. essentially turned herself in i mean they were gonna find her but so at the time of her arrest she was going by the alias shane Ivoroni, and was working as a paralegal at a law office oh shocking so she had done it again like it's phenomenal to me how sh- how this woman managed uh-huh. yeah to no do kidding all of this Police immediately arrested her and charged her with the first-degree murder of Larry McNabney. And Lauren just sang like a canary. She confessed everything. Oh, she wow. told him everything. Well, I don't totally believe everything that she said, but here's her version of the events. She told police that Larry was an abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She said that he, she had confided in Sarah – About all of the abuse that she had been forced to endure, Sarah, her best friend from the law office, Sarah and her had always, like, kind of talked about theoretical plans to Mm -hmm. kill Larry because he was just so abusive and blah, blah, blah. She claimed that the evening before the horse show, Larry had taken horse tranquilizer for fun. To, like, tranquilize yourself. For fun? What
1: is that fun? I don't understand what's it's fun, fun about that.
0: Like, I mean, I like to sleep, but no, that's, that's not a party drug. Mm-mm, no. But when he did that, this gave them the idea to just drug him with it. So they attended the horse show the next day. And after the show, they put tranquilizer drops in Larry's drinks. They then dropped like after he was kind of out of it. They put drops in his mouth and then injected him with it. But Larry did not die. He was like super sick, super out of it, still alive. So they rented a wheelchair and left the hotel, but continued to give him tranquilizer. Hmm. On their way back to Sacramento, they actually detoured and drove through Yosemite National Park, planning to leave Larry's body there. However, when they got there, Larry was still alive. And so Lauren was like, I couldn't bring myself to bury him alive. Oh, so- can't do that. You can't do that.
1: That's drawing a line. <laughs> right.
0: So she and Sarah drove Larry back home to Sacramento. And then she said they went to bed. And when they woke up the following morning, which was September 12th, Larry was dead. Mm. So like it had taken full effect. This is her story. Okay. Lauren said that she and Sarah then wrapped Larry's body in a sheet and duct-taped it. They went outside into the garage and emptied out the wine fridge and put Larry inside.
1: No, 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 no. no. They put him in the wine fridge is what what they did.
0: They then went about trying to keep up the front that Larry had just left and disappeared. Again, all of this is happening during 9 9-11.
1: Like, mm-hmm. I just don't want
0: us to lose sight of the amount of drama that was happening at this exact time. It's just Well, yeah,
1: insane. it's like they couldn't they, – they weren't even paying attention to that. They had their own things that they had to handle, so they don't even know what was going on probably. Right.
0: So for about three months, Loren or Elisa, as she was going by, and Sarah lived their lives with Larry just in the wine fridge.
1: Oh, my gosh. By January oh.
0: 2002, Loren said she couldn't keep things afloat anymore. She knew she was going to start getting heat. So she took Larry's body out to the vineyard and buried him, saying that this was her way of honoring him because he loved wine. And then she skipped town
1: with her uh, daughter. No. Nope. Nope. Nope.
0: Given that Lorraine totally implicated her little bestie Sarah in California, police brought her back in for questioning. At first, Sarah denied everything, but after hours of interrogation, she finally broke down crying and admitted to helping Lorraine, who she knew as Elisa, put Larry's body in the wine fridge and covering up his murder and spending his money. So Sarah claimed that she did not help murder Larry. And that the only reason that she went along with helping to hide the body was because she was afraid of Lorraine and was being coerced and manipulated by her. So she basically claimed she was young and an unwilling participant who was being threatened.
1: Well, kind of plausible considering how long Lorraine had been doing this. She's a professional scam artist.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we 100% know she's manipulative, but police did not buy this. They Mm -hmm. did not buy Sarah's, like, victimization. So they also arrested her for first-degree murder. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, Loren was in a Florida jail waiting extradition to California to stand trial. On Easter Sunday, March 31st, 2002, Lauren was found dead in her jail cell, having mm. completed suicide by hanging herself with her bedsheets from way the out. air event. Yeah, she was 36 years
1: old. Yuff.
0: All this in 36 years. Jeez. So she left behind a three-page suicide note and a letter to her daughter, like basically apologizing to her for having been forced to live such a Ridiculously awful life. My goodness. In her suicide note, she tells her family to sue the jail for allowing her to be able to kill herself and give the money to her two children. Wait, so what? She's trying to scam even after her death. Oh my goodness gracious, this woman. Okay. I'm going to read a quote from this suicide note. This is not something that we normally do because we do not like to give murderers a voice ever. No, no. But Mm -hmm. this is one of the most ironic things I think that I've ever come across in a case in an awful way, horrifically ironic. So this is what she says, referring to suing the jail, giving the money to her children. She says, quote, this is all I can give to my children. My actions now will allow them to move into the future without this heavy burden. They won't have to watch my trial on court TV. It should all die with me. What? Here you are on a podcast, Lauren.
1: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Like, it don't work that way, honey.
1: No. No. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. So Sarah Dutra bestie from california went on trial in january of 2003 2003 she was found not guilty of first degree murder so mm-hmm. they were not able to prove that she premeditated this murder and actually killed larry but she was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter and accessory to a murder she was sentenced to 11 years and eight months in prison Hmm. Loren's daughter testified that she knew Sarah very well and saw the dynamic between Sarah and her mom, and that Sarah was never afraid of her mother, and she was very obsessed with the lavish lifestyle she was being provided, and she knew everything that her mom was doing. Right. Sarah was released from prison in 2011 after serving 85 percent of her sentence. She moved back to her hometown in California and has since lived a very quiet, like. Off the radar life. Loren's daughter struggled with the fact that she was totally robbed of a childhood. She literally lived her entire childhood with a fugitive on the run. Right. For nine years. She was eight when her mom like whisked her away. She moved back to where she grew up and like in Brooksfield, Florida. That's where she Mm -hmm. grew up at Well, for the first eight years of her life, and she got to know the family that she was kept from all those years while she was on the run. She still lives there to this day. She has horses. Aww. She got her master's degree in nursing and works as a critical care nurse. She has two children and has plans to go to law school and open a home for abused women. I saw a whole bunch of interviews that she gave. She's awesome. She's like doing great.
1: I mean, that's pretty amazing amazing that that she's doing so well considering what she was raised in. So I'm glad that she was able to combat that, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And she does say in some interviews that I read that she didn't want to talk about this for a long time or go public because she was just Elisa McNabney's daughter. And, you know, it was just, this was so sensationally scandal. But now she is. Now Mm -hmm. she's speaking out and saying like, I'm okay, and Mm -hmm. her perspective of it and all that stuff. So Larry, not a perfect man. We know that. He clearly had issues with drinking. So Lorraine and her daughter both do say that he could be abusive when he was drinking, but Larry's family said that they don't think that that's true. I I don't know why the daughter would lie about that,
1: in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, clearly she knows that her mom did wrong and wouldn't want to slander someone's she name. She
0: excuse her mom's behavior 100% ever, ever. She's never like, yeah. he had come in or anything, nothing like that. Like, she's very like, she says even like, my mom could not think past herself. Mm. Like, she was a selfish little. Mm-hmm. She says that. Either way, she's awful. She's a liar. She's manipulative. She's a con artist. She was had been a con artist her entire life. She victimized a lot of people mm-hmm. during her life. Larry was like her ultimate victim. I think she murdered him in cold blood because she wanted everything her way, and he and he got sick of it, mm-hmm. and so she took him out. I think that's what happened. And that is the case of Larry McNabney. I cannot that. Do you realize, what we had a woman who was a con artist, went on the run for nine years with her daughter, mm-hmm. got a job, met a man, continued to be a con artist, killed him, buried him in a vineyard, went on the run again to con more people, then completed suicide in prison. <laughs> like, all during
1: 9-11. Yes. Do you think There's that she... a
0: synopsis.
1: Ha- oh, yeah. That is a, quite the synopsis. Like, go back and listen to the whole thing because <laughs> it was definitely fascinating. Um, do you think she ever killed anybody else?
0: Well, I would imagine that after... She- I don't know the answer to that. But I would imagine that after police caught her, because they did go back even after she had passed... And tried to find all of these aliases and where she had lived and, like, look mm. into other crimes that she had committed. And I would imagine if somebody had ended up gone, going missing or found dead, they would have been able to connect it to her. Hmm. Of course I think it's possible. Of course.
1: Right. And I mean, Or maybe she had just done all these, like, I mean, I want to say, like, minimal crimes. Of just stealing people's identities, which is not minimal. But,
0: and no, then. No, but it's like a professional. What do they call them? Blue collar,
1: white collar crumbs? Yeah. White collar crumbs. Yeah. What they call yeah. Um, and that maybe she just got, I don't know, tired of switching identities and was like you know what let me ride this out i'll kill him so she like escalated i'll kill him so that Mm -hmm. i can ride this this one scam out as long as i can Mm -hmm. i don't know Gosh.
0: yeah i think that his her lifestyle with him and like the horses and the girl friend i i don't i mean whatever sarah or whatever i think that that was the most Attractive one to her, and she didn't mm-hmm. want to let it go, and she didn't. I mean, she was able to ride it out for like three months or something, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and why I like, asked them the that, high life.
1: earlier. I'm like, how close were they? Because <laughs> I started getting oh, vibes of like uh-huh, they're together, and mm-hmm. I yeah. got
0: the same vibes, but it's never explicitly said, and mm. and Sarah would deny that.
1: I think. Mm. but what does the daughter think or did the daughter not say anything about that
0: she did not comment okay on that other than the fact that their relationship was like strange
1: a little a little more than just besties with a podcast yeah yeah (laughs) yeah she didn't say that but (laughs) yeah no
0: i think it's implied Mm-hmm. Um, in several of the documentaries that I watched, there's a book about this. Somebody wrote a book called "Marked for Death." I did not read it. I had enough information from the nineteen documentaries that I watched about right. it. Yeah. Um. But there is a whole book about it.
1: Huh. Interesting. As like certain aspects of this sounded super familiar, so I feel like maybe I've heard like bits and pieces of things, or maybe I listened to a podcast. Sometime down the line, that like, because this does sound familiar, but I didn't know it all. Like, I yeah. it wasn't. I one
0: hundred percent have never heard of this case. I would definitely have remembered it. I feel like this is like five cases in one case i'm exhausted i don't know how you guys feel about this it's like a really long episode but i couldn't leave anything out that's the thing It's like there was no skimming from the top when it came to all this information because it was so relevant all of it and if i didn't put every piece in it yeah it just it just didn't make sense and so mm-hmm. i just she was such a bad person like ugh. how these people exist in our world is devastating
1: well, but they just
0: 100%. for years and years and years can go and do victimize all these people and get away with it. And her poor daughter. I mean, my gosh, it's just insane. And poor Larry and his kids. Like, can you imagine if Larry was your dad and that this happened to him and then he was tied to the psychopath?
1: Right. Yeah. For all eternity. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is a she's a piece man. Yeah, it is fascinating though how she got away with it for so long. Seriously, nobody ever any other identity that I mean I don't know I don't know what you saw but like any other identity that she had nobody else in her life like thought. Hmm.
0: Yes, they did, but by that time she had already left and nobody could find her. So there were mm-hmm. warrants issued for her. Several times all along the way, issued for whoever she was at that time,
1: right? Right, yeah. I mean, when I say she was
0: on the run, she was quite literally on the run for nine years, yeah, for so many different offenses. Like,
1: well, yeah, I mean, I feel like she just walked
0: up to police and we're like, it's me, yeah, hey, hey. I mean, she knew it was the end,
1: yeah. She took her own life, like, gosh, I feel like it'll get harder and harder for people to do stuff like that because of just, like, all the DNA stuff, like, at some point, someone's going to have fingerprints from her, you Mm -hmm. know, like, or someone like her, and then she pops up again, and, like, they'll finally be able to, like, kind of piece it together, because I bet they didn't even piece all of her different identities together until after the fact, whereas, like, I feel like... 100%. Now they'd start to like piece it together as Mm -hmm. they're going, maybe not be able to find her because she's just great at disappearing and then popping back up somewhere, but they would just know who she was or something. Yeah, That's just a really
0: fascinating concept
1: to me to disappear yourself. Yeah.
0: Like that really is fascinating. I, I can't imagine getting away with that.
1: Like Right. Yeah, i not mean, th- thought too much about it, but like <laughs> – No, you think I was kidding when I said in the beginning like I'd love to do it. I would never. I would never actually do that. Right. But it does fascinate me to the point where I'm like, mm-hmm. Man, I wonder if I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> could we I wonder if I could figure
0: that like, out. Like, you know, Sherry Papini. We covered the Sherry Papini case over on our Patreon. And yeah. like she tried to disappear herself and was like, I can't get away with this. I got to make a yeah. crazy story and go back home. Like – right. I just don't see how she got away with it, even in the nineties. I don't get it it's It's insane, yeah, it could be a movie. Someone write a movie about this.
1: you sure it's not?
0: I know it's <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I watched all the things Trust me,
1: yeah, based on the true story of
0: yes. seriously, I have not watched Sister Wives in like ten days because I have been watching all things <laughs> McNabney. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, thank you for watching all things McNabney. You're welcome.
0: Wild case.
1: Thank you, Destiny. Did she watch all the things? I don't know. Oh.
0: I don't know. Also, I think it's really funny that we totally sang a Taylor Swift song and she's Swifty. (laughs) Shut (laughs) up. Wasn't even planned.
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't. <laughs> Nothing is ever planned with us, except know, for the right? case. the actual case is planned with everything that comes out of our mouths. you never know, yeah <laughs> I and
0: mean, I hate this case. I think it's so unfortunate that no one did catch her, and he ended up dying at her hands. It's just like such a tragedy, but like, wow, what a what a ride
1: yeah, what a okay. gosh, how did you even get yeah. this in like how did you <laughs> even find the time to well, it took me one hour. To tell you about this, so like, right? No, <laughs> a lot. I'm thinking like this would have been the one that I'd have been like, well, we need to postpone because I need to finish this and I don't have enough time in one week. <laughs> I did it. Wow. I, well,
0: because you know, once I started in on the, all these things, I was like, holy smokes! Yeah. What else? Like, give me more. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I did enjoy researching this case just because it was it's just so fascinating yeah everything about it is fascinating and when you think that there's nothing else spectacular
1: that's going to happen you're wrong right right exactly gosh well gosh well thank you thank you for taking the time and diving in and bringing this to us yes man I, yeah. you know I like i said it certain parts of it sounded familiar but it wasn't something that i was like oh yeah i totally listened to like this podcast on it and I knew there are all quite of it. a few. Yeah. Did you listen to any of those or no?
0: No, not yet, but I kind of want to.
1: Yeah. We tend to like not listen to podcasts that do it because it's like we don't want to steal stuff from them or like the way they said something or where they threw it in the story or whatever. Right. But, um, ah, oh, shit, man. Any big ones that we know that we've,
0: um, Generation Y.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty okay. big one.
0: Moms and Murder
1: did it. I don't listen to them. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. I might have to I might have to throw a pod in my ear and hear someone else's. I don't, I
0: don't <laughs> think they're gonna tell you anything I didn't because
1: I told right. you all the things. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that's interesting. Well, wow. well, thanks for doing it. Thanks, Destiny, for bringing it to our attention. Yep, you guys. You, man, much. you find some that I don't know. I mean, man, how do they, how do you guys do it? You guys yeah. must listen to all the podcasts,
0: I know every single because one of them. You watch all the Datelines, and so this is the Dateline. Yeah, I linked the Dateline if you want to watch that. That might be a good idea for you to watch. Oh, the dateline. maybe
1: this is where I've heard of it or something because when I tell you, we're almost through all the Datelines.
0: Listen, so if long. you want to watch a documentary on it, there's a snapped. There's all that stuff. My favorite one was the 2020. I liked oh. the 2020, the one the best. It was the one from the daughter's perspective, and I just really enjoyed her and okay. um the way that they did it it was very good 2020 is the one i recommend of all of the ones that i have linked okay well they're all great
1: know.
0: and they yeah. all give you different sides and versions of the story but i enjoyed the 2021 the most
1: good all right cool good to know i will check that out I, I i do enjoy a good 2020 episode every now and then i like to change it up mm-hmm. sometimes they're i don't know a little bit more dramatic I love- we love our Keith. Yeah. Keith is <laughs> the best. Keith is yeah. the best. Sorry. Side note on this um, Dateline thing. We literally joked about how far back, because now, because we'll watch the new things that come out, but like we we're going back into the archives now just to like, because mm-hmm. this is what we do at night. We joked about how we're so far back now that it's not HD video. Oh, yeah. And some random lady was the host. Or host, interviewer? What are they? The investigative journalist, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I think The the whole show, I was like, who is that lady? Who is she? I've literally never seen her before. (laughs) Literally. No,
0: I know there's a lady that's on it now, but I don't remember a lady before mm-hmm. you're talking about the blonde lady that's
1: on it now, but no this was like some lady with shorter hair and i've never seen her before have not seen her again in any oh other i movie. know who you're talking about i know exactly who you're talking about i can see her face huh. yeah
0: she's from a long time ago
1: yeah well we're that's where we're at we're <laughs> okay. in the Archives. so anyway that's besides the point so oh gosh mcnabney i'm sorry larry rest in peace i'm sorry yeah, you had to get the caught up with man. With this pos, because mm-hmm. man, she's career criminal, literally. Yeah. Anyway, and thank you, Destiny, for bringing it to our attention. So appreciate it. Okay. Let us know what you think about this. I know we say that every time, but seriously, like, what are your thoughts? Have mm-hmm. you tried to disappear yourself? Oh know. gosh, <laughs> they can't tell you that. <laughs> Maybe they can. They're like, one day I walked to the Walmart and was like, I'm not coming home, but then I did. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> Failed attempts, yes. And I was like, "No, I can't do that to my family." Which is what I think every single day. could not do that to my family. They need me, <laughs> and I need them. <laughs> I need you. I know. I'm just. I'm totally, totally being a just a jerk. But, anyways, um, let <laughs> us know what you think. Come find us over on the Patreon. We've got plenty for you over there. You can join for a month and binge it all and then come join a couple months later like some friends do. We take it all. We love you all. We appreciate you continuing to listen to us. And, man, we're well into our or we're almost hitting our fourth year. Like yeah. we're going to have oh our four-year like anniversary. Yeah, very yeah, soon. Next
0: month. So, so yeah. exciting. That's wild.
1: Mm-hmm yep 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 here we go mm. going strong still going strong four
0: years and i never heard of larry
1: uh, right that, that's Alisa. what's amazing to, with the 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 stuff that people send us i'm like man they just they don't stop they don't stop yeah we've, we've got Wild. lists like longer than we can keep up with yep so anyways all right well come check us out on all the other stuff um all the socials find us all the stuff that Beth's going to post about this. I can't wait to see what this lady looks like. Lauren. That's how you mm-hmm. say it. It's not Lauren.
0: Well, that's how they said it on the 2020 okay. and all the other episodes refer to her as Elisa. And I oh, just didn't okay. want to because it's a fake name.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let us know what you think about all of this on our socials. Come, come find us and just always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets.